everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's a bit of a special episode because one of our guests, one of our regular contributors, is appearing in their 25th episode. Let me throw it over to Dr. Sarah Curtis. Woo, I'm getting old. Yes. In podcast time. You are, yes. Uh, Happy 25th episode, Sarah. Thanks. Do I get champagne? Uh, No, but what you do get uh, (laughs) is every guest who gets up to 25 episodes gets to pick a film and I can't say no, um, <laughs> unless we've already covered it. That's basically the yeah, only rule. Yeah, you said no to like three of my choices. Yeah. Um, well, you got to get a 25 quicker. That's that's the rule. Uh, Sarah, what film are we watching? I've decided I'm going to force you to watch The Three Musketeers tonight. Now, this is the 1993 Three Musketeers. Cause, Definitely the 90s version. Um, the, yes. There's a lot of Three Musketeers. Yes, that's films. true. Um, so this is the one with Charlie Sheen that's and one. Oliver Platt. The good one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Why are you making us watch this? Uh, It was a childhood staple. Um, It's one of those films that I grew up watching. I could probably quote word for word. Mm -hmm. I grew up on things like Three Musketeers, Man in the Iron Mask, The Mask of Zorro, all of the fun, swashbuckling sort of sword adventure films. It it really explains a lot about my personality. And as my best friends, Mm. you should understand these parts of my personality. Yeah, I get the sense that I'm going to watch this and go, oh, yeah. I understand. Yes, well, uh, joining us, um, <laughs> and by us, of course, uh, Sarah, I'm, I'm guessing you're an Aramis of all of these, these Oh, people. no. No? You don't? You, you no. Know? No? Okay. No. Well, you're an Aramis for this link. No, uh, no, jo- no I'm an Athos. Okay, joining us as our Athos is Sarah, and I'm probably Porthos, let's, let's be real. Uh, joining us is our very own D'Artagnan, it's Dr. <laughs> Ellen Sears. Hello. Uh, how are you, Dr. Ellen? I'm very tired. It's been a very busy couple of weeks, but I am well. I'm happy to get to watch the film with swords in it. That's going to be fun. Yeah, so you know nothing about this film? No, I've never seen it. I, I know now that Charlie Sheen is in it. That's about it. I know it's actually it's three quite good. Well, that's good. Mm. I, you know, look, I've, I've, I've seen a bit of Three Musketeers and re- related and similar medias over time. I think I've just absorbed some of the pop cultural stuff by osmosis. Um but like I've never watched any of the like TV show versions of it that really have come good. out recently or mm. anything like that. So like I sort of I sort of know like your your average pop culture amount of stuff about Three Musketeers. Mm. I mean, on the other hand, I prepped for this by watching the most recent TV <laughs> series. I watched all three seasons in a very short space of time, and I have read the books as well. But the way that you described this film, because you were like, yes, like this was a staple, like this is what I grew up on, I could quote the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, this was just me with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So, like, I'm excited to get to see your, like, equivalent film. Mm. I'm not massively familiar with The Three Musketeers. The most exposure I've probably had was the... Um, the the nineteen nineties cartoon series Albert the Fifth Musketeer, which was about I remember yeah, that with the theme tune, you know, Albert, yeah, Albert, yes, it's Albert the Fifth Musketeer, that one, which oh is funny God. because Albert is a character in the Count of Monte Cristo, also by Dumas. Mm. There you go. Yeah, That'd be where they probably got it from. They were like, we're going to make this like transformative work based on children's stuff because ha ha ha. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you remember it. Oh my God, yeah, no, I had completely. Out of the brain, mm. no. Yeah, I remember watching that a couple of times. I don't remember anything that happened in any of the episodes. Oh, I remember no, the animation style because they had really big hats. They did. They had massive. Oh, hats, hats are a big thing in Musketeers. Oh, mm. I'm sure they are. And big feathered plumes and swords and yeah. exciting things. Excellent. Well, with all that being said, shall we watch this very specific version of the, of the, of three, the, musketeers. Of the three Musketeers? Well, you don't want the 2000s one. Trust me. Okay. Oh, shall but shall we watch <laughs> sure. the 1993? 
the Three Musketeers. Yes, we sure. shall. All for one. And one for all. For those of you listening at home, pop on those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to flick those wrists and change some religions as we watch The Three Musketeers, 1993 edition. everybody we've just finished watching the three musketeers and i'm joined once again by dr sarah curtis you mean athos sorry uh, dr athos <laughs> and uh dr d'artagnan uh dr ellen sears i resent being that guy <laughs> <laughs> what you, you were the you were the young inexperienced one when it came to this film and also you know you pretty pretty dab hand with a sword She's more of a Porthos. Yeah. So are you. I think you'll find I'm more of a Porthos. Just like both of you together. If yeah. we if we have a child, it will be a Porthos. Maybe yeah. we should include that in baby names. If we have a child. <laughs> I just want to point out, if we have a child, we can literally name them Oliver Platt. Like, yes. that, is, that is an option that we have. I mean, <laughs> that's a very good point. Anyway. I don't mind the name Oliver, although uh, I do know a few, so. Yes. Me? We'll think about it. Anyway. We're not having kids, listeners. We're talking about the Three Musketeers. <laughs> uh, Doctor Ellen, that was your first time yeah. watching um, watching the Three Musketeers. What do you think? Oh man, I wish I'd watched this as a kid with my brother because I think he would dig it. It's very Men in Tights. It's it's like got a little bit of uh, Monty Python to it. It's 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 dumb. It's silly. It's got pun jokes. It's got swashbuckling. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, this was my first time watching th- this this version of it, and it was fun. Um, it, it it is a fun film. Apart from that one guy who got like impaled in what's what's that torture device that he was in? Like an Iron Maiden, except it was like an Iron Maiden if it was like a sandwich press, basically. Yeah, yeah, like it was a weird. It was like version. the only bloody death in the whole thing, and it was yeah. that dude. Yeah, and I was like. Oh, this seems unnecessary. Although, to be fair, I was rooting for the um, assassin to fall on one of the very pointy spikes and yeah. get impaled. It's um, it's it's a fun film. There's there's not a lot to it. No. I, I I think that's um, it's Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars meets Robin Hood Men in Tights meets Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, it, for it, me, it, like it, that's more or less what it is. Yeah, it's just a classic adventure and a little bit of the Princess Bride. Maybe. Oh, a, a lot of the Princess so Bride. Princess Bride. A little bit of the Princess Bride. Um, but the thing is, is I feel as though all those films that you mentioned are better films. Like, mm. like th- this film, I think is is fun from a, from a first time perspective. But there's not there's not a massive amount sort of going on under the surface. But yeah, Sarah, this was your first time watching it in a little while, I presume. Yeah, I haven't watched it for a good ten years, I think. So how was it for you, given that this was a childhood favorite of yours? Yeah, it's still big dumb fun. Mm. <laughs> like, it reminds me why I really hate cringe comedy. Because everything about D'Artagnan and his comedy is super cringe. When, like, basically, okay. his, um, at the beginning when uh, the Queen and Constance are riding and he saves them from the, you know, their guards, basically. Hmm. So it's all about making him look like an idiot. And I don't like that sort of comedy. It, it didn't strike me as cringe comedy, though, because cringe comedy would have been, like... It would have been more personally embarrassing. I felt as though... what what I, I... found that personally embarrassing. Okay. It was more... I felt as though... He was the only one that was allowed to make mistakes because he was the new young person entering. And he this was world. just kind of like water off the duck's back anyway. He's like, "Oh, I made a mistake. Yeah. I'm gonna go and just get myself into more scrapes now." Yeah. Bye. Cringe comedy would have been him, like I don't know, saying 
something about um oh you know what these monarchies are no good why are we protecting the king and then the king being stood behind him and you know something like that i would say would have been more cringy i think maybe the only cringing came from the fact that the actor that plays d'artagnan isn't terribly brilliant (laughs) (laughs) to be fair i think he played that like what's what's the word i'm looking for um big dumb like a himbo? Beautiful. Yeah, himbo yeah. is yeah. the word I'm looking Look, for. Look, he, he did play it correctly because from what I remember from reading the book, which was a long time ago as well, D'Artagnan is dumb, he's naive, and he's a bit of a tool. Like the the, the further you get in the series, the more of an asshole he becomes. Mm. Makes sense because it wouldn't take very much, I think, to tip that guy over into full-blown arrogance. Like, I just turned up and then I became a musketeer because I am true of heart. Yeah. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell mm. is the actor, and it's a very young Chris O'Donnell. And look, he looks the part. Oh, yeah. But I think the problem is also that he's up against some pretty good actors doing an okay to good job in this film. Like, mm. uh, like Kiefer Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, and Oliver Platt is, is maybe not the casting I would have expected from a 90s uh, Musketeers film for The Three Musketeers. But they're very good together. Yeah, like, none they of work. them none of them felt out of place at all. No. Um, Kiefer Sutherland is the, is the broody uh, Athos, who's like... Oh, I lost my love. Wait, my love is here. Oh, she jumped off a cliff. Well, better go save the king. Like, that's that's his whole story, but he plays it You've well. You've unlocked my tragic backstory now. Yeah. Like, let's go. Um, yeah, he's perfectly fine. Ch- Charlie Sheen as Aramis, I think, is actually quite a surprisingly good turn. Mm, yeah. I, yeah. Pl- Consider- considering his personal life, mm. the fact that he's like, I am the very religious one, it's like, that's very funny. I mean, that's, that's... But he does it well. I mean, he's acting. Like, he's... he's yeah, he's legitimately acting. actually acting. acting. I'm impressed. Good yeah. job. Good job, mate. But I, I think the highlight is, is Oliver Platt as Porthos and those right. ones. Because Porthos is the the Gimli, I guess, or, or the Pumba. <laughs> you know, that kind of... Um, Slightly portly. I'm d- the funny man. Yeah. But I'm actually very good at what I do. Yeah. And he's a little... I've got the little quirky extra weapons and I'm doing all the fun stuff and everyone's like, yeah. That's the character you want to play. Yeah, yeah. Like, realistically, like if if you were to be cast as anyone in this film, I think we'd all want to be Porthos. And I think mm. it's I think it's because like he's good at all the things. Like he's got the gadgets, he's funny, he's got all the things. Whereas you know the other two guys, it's like I have my religion thing, and that's my like primary personality trait. The other guys, like I have my brooding thing, no, it's, and that's I have my, my primary. Thing. Mm. I have my I, I have alcoholism, and that's my defining character trait. Whereas this guy's like I got cool stuff. I'm funny. Like I'm good at all the things. I just really enjoy my job. All like, the ladies love he's me. Just, yeah, like he's good with the women. Like he's just having. He's just out there to have a good time. He's like yeah. I love my life. It's like good for you, man. Yeah, but but they are surprisingly well cast in terms of the group dynamic. Yeah, the group dynamic is very good, and I think that um, Chris O'Donnell as D'Artagnan is 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 quite good with them. Like like it is he's quite a, nice, a good ensemble. He's a, yeah, he's a nice kind of foil because he brings a very different energy to yeah. it. Like he brings that like dumb himbo energy yeah. to all these like guys who are obviously like very well established mm. in their stuff already, and that you can feel that. But yeah, part of the issue I had was then when we were having scenes with with D'Artagnan by himself, it, it just wasn't working. For yeah, he's me. not compelling on his own. No. But as like the fourth of he's the... beige is watching paint dry by himself. When you put him with the other guys, it's yeah. like this is this is intriguing. So is this what happens if if we were to have a fourth person join our little trio? Join team pilot. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is exactly what it would be. Like. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we'd bring all the fun, and yeah. then someone else needs to bring the naive himbo energy. Yeah, I'm sure we can arrange that. Yeah, we'll find someone. We're yeah. looking for a naive himbo. To... Where's our fourth musketeer? Where's our fourth musketeer? <laughs> um, 
the, the other thing that I think really helps this film, though, is that it, it with it being such a simple film uh, and such a pretty simple adaptation, is that it allows them to really have fun with just playing essentially pantomimic characters. Oh, uh, it's and playing very well. pantomimic. Ob- oh, my ob- gosh. Obviously, the, the, the big standout being uh, Tim Curry Holly. as the Cardinal. Cardinal. I mean, uh, look, who else could you have cast as that? He's just perfect. You could have cast a lot of people. You could have cast a lot of they people. They wouldn't have been as good. But he's so funny. He's yeah. just, he's just he's so slimy. Oh, he's a great character. He's mm. so slimy. And Tim Curry plays that kind of slightly slimy positioned in power man like so beautifully and something in so that, many films something that came up as we were watching it we were discussing like different adaptations and of course there's more recently been the bbc miniseries where um peter capaldi played richelieu makes sense and i found it quite interesting that as soon as he had to go off to be doctor who um and they had to get other bad guys in it just the dynamic didn't work as well it you've wasn't as interesting a, you've got to have a good bad guy lead otherwise it doesn't work not for something like this when it's all like honor and courage and stuff and they, like you have to have a really compelling bad guy mm. and i don't know if tim curry is compelling in this in like the way of like oh like he's you know he's so villainous it's like he's such a pantomimic character but you just enjoy watching him just chew up the scenery Again, if More you're going to play the bad guy in this film, you'd probably Chew the scenery. Yeah. 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 And again, he gets all those wonderful lines, like the guy at the beginning who's like, I stole stuff just to save my family. Please let me go. Okay. And then he gets killed and he just says to himself, one, one less, less mouth, mouth to feed. feed. <laughs> like it's... Or all for one. And more for me. Yeah, he's... I've definitely heard that one somewhere I before. have said that too a few times. Yeah. No, Makes he's... Um, he's he's just very good. and it's... I was literally predicting every single one of his lines though which was really fun yes and i was just like yeah, this i haven't written watched this. and directed by ellen apparently because every time i was like this is gonna apart from the guy getting impaled on the pointy thing mm. which i was wrong about i was like he's gonna fall off the roof and get impaled on the thing and i'm like wait no it's, it's not wrong angle it's, it's too yeah and it's too it's too brutal for this kind of Disney but i think thing. that's part of the fun of this film as well is that it is predictable in the right sort of way yes like like you're able to go you know oh he's gonna say all for one and more for me or, or the various lines that we were guessing that he was gonna say yeah but you weren't sitting there like oh he's gonna say this you were like oh he's gonna say this next oh that's funny because yeah. i knew and i figured it out but, yeah. but he also did lots of nice little touches which i don't think another actor would have gotten like when um uh, richelieu has d'artagnan in the dungeon and D'Artagnan's overheard the plan to, to betray the king. And, um, you know, they're having that little back and forth where he's like, well, I'm going to have to kill you now. Um, and when D'Artagnan's like, no, I'm never going to give in, he just says that wonderful thing where he says, I admire your courage, D'Artagnan. You might have made a great musketeer, but we'll never know now. Will we? And it's the, the way he says, <laughs> will, will we? Will we? Like, yeah. <laughs> that exact line, that will we? Yeah. It's stuck in my head for a good 20 years. Like whenever I hear... A, f- a phrase starting with will hmm. i in my head you i just finished had him going will we every time <laughs> yeah no it's it, it it is really fun it's conventional yeah. but it's the kind of conventional where you watch it and you're like oh the thing's going to happen things going to happen oh the thing happened that i predicted yay it's yeah. not like Meh. and i think that's Meh. important because this isn't a good film uh, just 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 flat out like it's 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 but uh, i don't think it necessarily needs to be like it's just a f- no, no. fun <laughs> adaptation it is what it is. There are plenty of other like dark, gritty versions of the Three Musketeers. True. I'm sure. But, but yeah. the thing is, is like this wasn't. 
with this being a, a Disney Studios live action. This is a great gateway drug for like small people coming into who want to like, you know, if you yeah. want to get somebody into like <laughs> Dumas's work, like watch this. There you go. And then you're like, yeah. oh, this is cool. Yeah, cool. Now, 10 years time. It is good and it's fun, but it, I, I feel as though like the, the, the pacing is, is bad and the script is just plot points it's plot points and quips but the quips are good that's, quips are good and that's so that what helps. i think is saving this film like the whole stuff with milady de winter like rebecca de mornay is great mm. uh, I, I, I great could, eyeliner uh, great great everything like just just great dresses great outfit great use of that sort of Ooh, i'm a an older more ex- sexually experienced woman in her scenes with uh, d'artagnan where she's trying to flirt with him to get him into a position where she can stab him with a hatpin or whatever it is um mm. it, it, like all that stuff is great but her, her, her execution psych suicide scene is literally just, well, we're about to chop her head off. Arthur's, no, I can't stop it. All right, here's what you need to know. Well, I'm done in this film now. Might as well jump off this cliff. Like, I was watching that and just going, oh, this is not good. And I'm not enjoying this. And I think part of the problem here is that in the book, it was a lot more complex. Mm. Um, there's, it's, it's a very strange book. Um, from from what I remember of it, and I very clearly remember the scene where she does jump off a cliff-like sort of place. Um, you know, she'd been in the house chatting with Buckingham, and then she got caught, and she had to jump somewhere, and you know, she survived. Um, so it's sort of like paying homage to those plot points without mm. actually doing them. Yeah, and I, and I get this is this is not a, sh- a long film. This is in and out in about 90 minutes mm. um which is good it, it wasn't longer than it was interesting which is always a worry with these things but yeah it just, it did feel quite rushed and when i was doing my my research for this film before this podcast i saw that this film does does not have good scores it is about a 28 percent on rotten tomatoes Woo! like people wow people don't like this film <laughs> um and but i think it's better than than that but not by much it's yeah <laughs> Um, and and the the story, which which is just lovely and simple, it's oh the cardinal he he's a bad and he's trying to betray the king, and he does, but it doesn't work. Well, I find it quite interesting that in this version they try to like save the king's character. Like we have King Louis the what the thirteenth, mm. and from what we know about you know French monarchs called Louis, that's not a good thing. Mm. Um, and every other adaptation, he's just the worst. He is weak, he is vain, he is selfish, he is childish. And Mm. it's really telling that Disney tried to make him at least a little bit heroic by the end. It's like they couldn't help themselves. Yeah. When they're like, ah, here's a person in charge. He's got given right. We've got to make him somehow positive because, you know, reasons. Yeah, and he's... He's a real fop, which, in fact, he's the king of France. Like, if you expect anyone to be a fop, it's it's the king of France. But True. Yeah, I, I agree. I did feel as though his initial scene where he comes in, he's like, I'm unhappy with you cancelling my musketeers and defrocking de- de- them and all that business. Um, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. He Here's his wimpy, wet pushover that's going to be very easily overthrown if it wasn't for those blasted musketeers. But then the fact that they don't necessarily stick to that like he has a little bit of oh something's not right here and he's working with his arranged wife um and it shows them sort of coming together a little bit i did kind of like even though i i do get that it's them going oh yeah no patriarchal systems are great we gotta gotta maintain them otherwise the musketeers aren't a thing 
I mean, he's no King Louis the Fourteenth, the Sun King, who like basically invented ballet, but. Yeah. No, that's his son. Or is it? Or is it? (laughs) Ooh, yeah. I was just really disappointed nobody went, Death to King Louis! In a Mel Brooks style. But that's that's fine. Um, Ellen. Yeah. First time watching this film. Mm -hmm. What was a moment that really stood out for you as like, oh, I'm really, this is a great moment. I'm really enjoying this. I don't know. (laughs) No, no. Just because it was just kind of like cantering it along in a nice little clip. And I was just kind of rolling along with the ride. Like, this is fun. I mean, there was was a lot of horse chases. There was a lot of, there was a lot happening. There was the entire film. There's there's, there's not a specific point that I'm like, oh, that was like really amazing. It just kind of was at the same kind of level the whole time, more or less. There wasn't like a bit where it was like, oh, this is like a big climax. And I'm very excited and enjoying this. It was just kind of like me. It flatlined. <laughs> yeah, more or less. It was just flatlining the whole time, and I was just like, but you know, like not a heart attack. Yeah, not a heart attack. Mm. Yeah, just, was... just, just dead. That's that's yeah. all. Or someone does he have a pulse? <laughs> does he have a pulse? We don't know. Yeah, yeah no, it was. There, there's not anything in particular that I'm like, yes, no, this was amazing. I was like, this was fun. Mm. This was fun. I w- there was a few bits where I was like, Meh, and it was mostly like the treatment of women, as it usually is in these kind of films, because mm. women were either like wenches and or murderers, um, or they were like virginal chaste queens and man-maidens, and there was only like five of them who actually had speaking parts. Although Juggling Girl is amazing, and she's only on shot for like three seconds. And I was like, mm. yes, I love her. Oh, Juggling for D'Artagnan's execution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was good. She was great. Yeah. I was like, awesome. But they just... Lead. Yeah, no, excellent. So yeah, I was like... Eh, yeah, I, I have to eh. agree. I think the only one that even had a remote bit of anything resembling agency was Constance. Mm. And I, I don't know why she's in this film. I, I really don't know why she's Because like she's like a main character in the book. Yeah, but they, they're just not using her at all. She like literally is is her, her guards, or not her guards, but guards that she is with get taken out by D'Artagnan like a complete idiot. And she's like, ah, oh, you're kind of hot. And then she occasionally pops up when there's a bath. And then she just hands him a sword, which was a cool thing to do. But... So the lady in the lake handing out weapons? Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, more yeah. or less. I, I, if we want to do this biblical... Very like, easily biblical had this film Arthurian without Constance, illusions. which I'm sure would have annoyed people more than maybe just this tokenistic gesture of just having her vaguely in there. She's fine. There's just not enough of her for me to go, oh, pretty much, yeah. this mm. is a character I care about. Oh, I forgot. There is another speaking character. It's the slutty lady at the beginning who's like, my husband, you're just... and. Oh, you just you're saying words and you're so sexy and I'm like the Bible is so sexy okay. it turns me on. Yeah. Like okay, like Admit- I mean, look, it is France yeah. in like you know Yeah. Okay. I, I did believe her character. Like I that girl just really, really needed to get laid. Yeah. I believe by somebody who wasn't her husband, obviously, yeah. because he was must have been and if you're, if you're or in something. Seventeenth century France and somebody who looks like Charlie Sheen turns up, like, they're probably the most beautiful man on the planet at that time. She was a really gorgeous looking lady. She though. was, yeah. I didn't get a good look at her husband because he kind of burst in and then... Mm. Eh, he was a red he guard. We don't care. Yeah, yeah. We're not meant to like him. Boo. Some some other part of this government. Boo. Again, we, we very like... pantomimic. Like, oh, we're going to colour code them so you know who the bad people are. Yeah, I did, I did find the whole um, bar scene with um, Porthos and Aramis discussing the different ways to to get wenches, um, was weirdly long. (laughs) They've got to have bonding time, masculine bonding. Masculine bonding time. We're going to make out and share the same women. Yeah. Like real men. (laughs) 
It's unpleasant. Unless you're Athos and you're just getting drunk. But that's just, I mean... That's because he's experienced true love. I, I think in terms betrayal. of, like, both the his, uh, historical context of, of how um, people in, like, the King's Guard were, were treating women at that time, but also in the context of the original books as well, where these characters, they aren't necessarily, like, ladies' men all the time, but there are elements of that. Um, What's the point of being a musketeer if you don't get some of the perks? Yeah, exactly. All for one and all for me. All for me. That line oh. but, but, but I did find it weird that that scene was just so long. It felt as though they they just felt we need 10 minutes without a horse chase. Mm. Interesting to compare that one as well. Like That's all very like fun and games and the ladies are like obviously pretty into it. Although the one that they make out with does seem like she's pretty smash, which I'm like, mm, consent issues maybe here. I don't know. Mm. But you compare that to the two scenes where um, Tim Curry's character is like being lascivious towards ladies. Like every time he's with a woman by himself, he's just like, just gnashing his teeth and licking his lips. Staring at their breasts. And just staring. But he's the villain. I know he's the villain. So that's kind of the point. The fact that the musketeers are... Not doing the same thing, but that they're doing things that are like it's acceptable in though, the because we're the good guys. Like it was very much like that. Yeah, I was like, mm, I'm gonna let this being presented yeah. in a positive way. And the only reason that Athos wasn't doing it is because he's a bad communicator in his relationship. Like, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, so was she. Yeah, true. They, they were not suited for each other. No. Yeah. Um, My favorite couple. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> only because of the angst. There was a lot of angst. Yeah. yeah. No, I actually quite like the character of Milady de Winter. Mm. Uh, and it's because in this man's man world, mm. she's obviously sort of taken a look at the way things are and mm. gone, how do I deal and survive in this society? Mm. Um, and that's to you know play against uh, all of the, the tropes, basically. Mm. Like, if you don't think women are strong and can do anything, then I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to stab you with my tiny knife. Yeah. I was like, like yes, yes, girl. the fact that he, D'Artagnan doesn't believe that she's capable of anything, really. And almost kills him. Yeah, to be fair, he is an idiot. Like, every time every time you met somebody new and they were like, and who are you? He's like, I'm D'Artagnan and I'm this person. And you killed I, my father. You killed my life. father. Like, here's all, I'm going to give you all of the information that I currently hold in my brain, which is like a bean. Here you go. And it's like, thank you. That's exactly the bean I needed to like fix all these plot holes. Brilliant. Let's go. And it's mm. like, dude, learn to lie. Like, learn lady, to lie. He's got something to learn from oh, the Lady De Winter. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. deception is a thing. It, it did feel as though with, with De Winter that they were borrowing a character from Game of Thrones and just putting her in this, like, fun Disney romp. Because <laughs> you're right, she is a great, compelling character in, in that in that sense, mm. but she's got these, like, weird, goofy, slightly racist henchmen uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> running around. Um, and it, she just she just doesn't feel like she belongs in, in this film, uh, even though... She's great. Like Rebecca de Mornay is great. Like it's mm. she's she is fun to watch. But it's like Lady Lady Stoneheart turning up in like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a Disney cartoon. Like mm. it, like Lady Stoneheart turning up in something like Enchanted. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. just killing a bunch I'm of here people. For it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, they save the king. Funnily enough, yeah. um, th- I think that that end fight sequence is quite good. It's a good fight sequence, and this, this film does its fight sequences well. Not their brilliant. Cha- their chase scenes are good as yeah, well. They're not they're not brilliant, but it's also like it's getting close to being thirty years old. Um, you know, we've had a lot of similar fight scenes done better since then. But... I just love the shadow work that they do in the fight scenes. Mm, I yes. think it's great because it's obviously very theatrical. Disney film, you can't show too much blood and gore. Yeah. So how do we deal with Only that? Only when you impale a guy in an Iron Maiden. 
that's the only person we well, would you know, keep it PG-13 the only real blood we see is when Athos gets nicked in the arm so we know that he can't die because well, you know yeah. he's already been injured or when it trickles out of the odd mouth here and there like even with the big guy um, yeah we, we don't see any of the spikes in him we just see him up against where the spikes were and mm-hmm. then a bit of blood come out of his mouth after he gets sandwiched to death and then D'Artagnan has that little tiny bit on the corner of his mouth because he has to still look pretty. Hmm. We need to show that he's been beaten up. Yeah, when he's fighting uh, Captain Rushfont or whatever his <laughs> name was. Rushfort. Cheese man. Yeah, the, the six-fingered man. <laughs> <laughs> Slash Darth Vader. Darth Vader, Vader. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was good. He was he was but, good. But he absolutely belonged in this, this campy. I'm pretty certain there's thing. a version where Mads Mikkelsen played him. Oh, that would not surprise me in mm. the slightest. I feel slightest. like it's in pictures. Yeah, he'd be good at that. You know, the camp thing as well, going back to that a little bit, the thing that is like, right from the beginning when they're on the boat and it's all foggy and stuff, I was like, I feel like I'm on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney World. Mm. Like this whole thing has such a Disney theme park vibe to it, the production <clears throat> values and the everything. Yeah. Like it's just that little bit too clean. I can't believe we've gotten almost half an hour through this program without mentioning Paul McGann. Yeah. Who... <laughs> Is the best part of the film. The who foppiest is fop to ever fop. Yeah. Like, we were talking about the king being a fop. This guy is worse. Yeah, the guy who spends the whole film chasing... <laughs> my sister's not going that way to look. Not, not the mile longer or whatever. Yeah, and he's just... No, you can't beat me! Uh, Paul McGann, just wonderful. So lovely to see him in a role where he's not in control. Because, <laughs> obviously, he's often playing quite confident characters in, in a lot of his uh, things, like particularly as the Doctor. So getting him to s- play this young fop, I always have to honour and oh, I'm a part of the job. so much foundation on. Yeah. Like just splathered on. That's some Max Factor pancake yeah. makeup right there. It did right look there. like he'd walked over from an interview with a vampire set. Like he, he was just <laughs> moonlighting I think it was the, the ginger hair as well. Yeah. Which really terrible brought, wigs. Which really brought out those blue, blue eyes. I was like, oh, he does have a really interesting face, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> He's superb. I'm just throwing this out there. Like he is absolutely acting in the correct film. Yeah, like, like he knew Rebecca, what he was doing. Yeah, whereas Rebecca Demarnay, although she's great, it feels like she should have been in a more serious film. He's perfect. <laughs> He's just so so fun. Um, if you were going to make the Three Musketeers today, and let's face it, it's been five minutes. We'd do another remake. Yeah, like a film version but the, specifically. The, well, the there was say, one in like what 2013. Yeah, that was the Orlando Bloom, the Orlando Bloom and one. some other people. Of one. course, because yeah, and it, it had like blimps or something from what? memory like I, zeppelin yeah that's really? all i remember i i did not see it so i i cannot tell you look that's all i remember from the entire what? film so it obviously wasn't very memorable but let's say we're gonna make the three musketeers 2021 version i mean orlando bloom's probably of a good age to play a musketeer I'm, oh I'm, he wasn't a musketeer moment. i'm pretty sure he was one of the bad guys oh he'd be, he'd be he's a good age for a musketeer about now and he's got the sword fighting background if we were gonna make our own version, but like a campy version like this one. Let's say... Okay, well, definitely yeah. him then, because you, he's, a, want... he's a beautiful, beautiful himbo. Who, who do you have Bless him as, though? I don't know. Because I almost think... I think he's almost too old. Yeah. I think he'd have to be Rochefort or something. He'd be a great he'd be, Rochefort. He'd be a good baddie. He would yeah. be. He was a good baddie. He'd be he very serious. Good. Him or Carl Urban, I think, have to be that Oh, part. yeah. No, Carl Urban would Carl be a great Urban. Athos. Yeah... Yeah, possibly. Just like trying to be broody, but still kind of funny. The reason I bring this up is because while we were watching it, you did point out that it would be excellent to have Jack Black play Porthos. Yeah. So even though he's that pr- dude, that dude can move. Like, have you seen yeah. his TikToks? Yeah. Oli and even Mazzoli. even though he's older than I think everyone we've just discussed, like, yeah, these guys should be in their thirties, but whatever. Yeah, he's who sti- cares? He's still vibrant enough that he can absolutely do that. 
Jack Black, that dude can go. Like, for such a big dude, he's, like, onto it. Mm. He's great. I love him. Who would you have in the Charlie Sheen role? Who would you have as Aramis? Someone's going to be the sexy priest. Yeah. <laughs> why are you looking at why are you looking at me i don't know actors oh neither do i oh, do they have to be british or american or like no, they no, be anything they could be french <laughs> what? no that's too far Timothy Chalamet, yes <laughs> no he'd be d'artagnan he would be d'artagnan he would be a great d'artagnan because mm. he's got that kind of youthful like i'm a good looking man type I'm a puppy. thing yeah well you know mm. what about somebody like oscar isaac Oh yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah. of speaking of people I mean, who are in films, <laughs> given that the the version I was just watching it was played by Santiago Cabrera. Oh, he's great. He was Santiago Cabrera is very good. Yeah, he's a very very nice looking man. Also, yeah. yeah why not have a why not sexy have priest? a why not have a yeah. And what about uh, if you were trying to do Cardinal Richelieu today? Who who would you get in? Because mm. you know, we've had we've had Tim Curry, and he was great. But Peter who, Capaldi was excellent as Tim well. Curry was excellent. But it's got to be a good campy one. Yeah, that's the thing. Can we get Mark Hamill? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could say that. He'd be beautiful. He'd be so good. Yeah. <laughs> the other one I was thinking of was Patton Oswalt, but he might be too comedy. Yeah. He might be. He'd be I, think, I think Mark Hamill would be really scary. Yeah. But also, like, he, yeah, he could do that menace and thing. And he's not a big, tall dude either. Mm. So he'd be like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, the 2011 film, Mads Mikkelsen was um, indeed Rochefort in that version. And somehow I didn't even remember him in that version, mm. which I have seen. Uh, Orlando Bloom was the Duke of Buckingham. So of course, that would make sense. And Christoph Waltz was Richelieu, which is a terrifying prospect. That is terrifying. <laughs> He's him from Inglorious Bastards, but in this film... Uh, they're probably all dead. Who are the Musketeers then? Ah, you'll find that uh, D'Artagnan was played by Logan Lerman. Cool. Who the hell is that? Dunno. Uh, <laughs> Aramis was played by Luke Evans. That's right. Makes yeah. sense, yes. Was he Bard? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matthew McFadden. McFadden. Oh, he's good. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. He was Athos. He's good. Yeah, that's perfect. And Porthos was Ray Stevenson. Crickets. Yeah, crickets again. <laughs> who, is, who is this guy? He's a Northern Irish actor. Uh, he the name rings a bell. Was in the only one that I know out of that lot is basically Luke Evans. Yeah, uh, he was known for playing Dagonet in the film King Arthur. Tight- <laughs> Dagonet! <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. He deserved the can of worms. He did. Yeah. So that, oh. that's him. The sexy King Arthur. Mm. Dagonet. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, he played Titus. We should have watched that. That movie yeah. is so terrible and I love it is so much. Is that the 2004 Yes. yes. One? We yeah. watched it. So we did. Three of us. I, and I remember virtually nothing about it. So. It was. It's It's, it's not so a good, good film. Yeah. It's It's well, terrible. Well, when Sarah's done another 25 episodes, you, you can suggest <laughs> There that. is a worse King Arthur film, though. That doesn't The one that me. came out a couple of years ago. Oh, David Beckham in it. Wait, no, that was the Robin Hood one. <laughs> <laughs> The Legend of the Something Something. I don't know. It was a King Arthur film. Steph and I went to the movies to see it. We regret everything. It was the worst. I think I remember you talking about this afterwards and I was like, I'm glad I didn't go and see that and I'm not planning on seeing it. I'm sensing that we've run out of things to say about... Because we're talking about other films. about The Three Musketeers from 1993. (laughs) So... Shall we shall we have some trivia? Yes, yeah, let's go. Okay, all of this trivia was sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. There's not a lot of trivia. Um, there's, there's, there's some. Most of it's not terribly interesting, but here's, here's a few tidbits. Keith Sutherland, Chris O'Donnell, and Oliver Platt all endured six weeks of fencing and riding lessons. 
Charlie Sheen missed out on this because he was embroiled in the filming of Hot Shots Part Deux. What? Uh, kind of like the airplane naked gun films, but about like action movies. Okay. He was in them. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I, I more picked this one up for the six weeks of fencing and riding lessons, which these guys did. That's all? Yeah. That's Im- pretty yeah. impressive. I mean, I, I kind of want that crash course myself. I mean, obviously, Bob Anderson. Bob Anderson, well, though, yeah, who although, is like, yeah. just the legendary fight choreographer, was involved in this. and That's why they looked so good. I, I was surprised, knowing this and then watching the film, that, that they'd only had the six weeks. Because even though there were a few movements where I was like, okay, that's that's a bit weird. But none of it looked massively unnatural. The only one who looked a bit unnatural was um, Rochefort. Because whenever he was about to attack, he sort of... His whole body kind of bent back like he was and a snake about to flail lunge. his arm around yeah, quite a bit. But but everyone else looked, looked really good. I mean, but if you're taught by Bob Anderson for six straight weeks, mm. you better be. Yeah, you, you you would hope so. Unless you're Viggo Mortensen, you just do it anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um, we there's quite a few actors that that turned down roles mm-hmm. uh, in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, was one of them Robin Williams? Because if it was, <laughs> I'm gonna laugh. Uh, not not according to my to my list. That's but, a shame. Um, the the role of D'Artagnan was offered to, but turned down by, Brad Pitt. <laughs> That'd be so weird. I think it would have been better, to be honest. It just doesn't have that wide-eyed Yeah, he doesn't, optimism. He, do, he doesn't have the... No, like, 1993 Brad Pitt maybe mm. a little bit more. It's a couple of years but after Thelma and Louise. You know so. what? I haven't seen Thelma and Louise oh, either. Well. Um, no, no, I'm just imagining Brad Pitt as he is in Burn After Reading. Just that idiot. <laughs> but uh, in the Three yeah. Musketeers. No, okay, I would love to see that, but he wouldn't survive the film. No, that. he no. wouldn't. Um, other actors who uh, turned down parts in this film, the, these actors didn't have specific parts assigned to them. They were just auditioning for the hell yeah, of it. But, so maybe we could try cast them. Uh, okay. So who do you think they wanted Johnny Depp to play? Because he was offered a role. In... Aramis. Yeah, the the sexy priest? Yeah. Yeah. I think young Johnny Depp when he was young in his... Johnny Depp, oh, like yeah. early 90s. Yeah, true, yeah. Super popular. Just him there with the Bible. He's going, oh, forgive me, God, for we have sinned. Oh, is that your husband? Oh, I better go now. We could have had uh, Captain Jack Musketeer 10 years earlier. Yeah. You know, this this film did have parts of the Caribbean vibes. Mm. So Gary Oldman? Athos? Or um, Rushfort? Oh. I reckon he would have been Richelieu if they couldn't have Tim Curry. I could see Gary Oldman. I think he would have been a bit too young. Yeah, he's too young at that point. Ah, he loves makeup. They'd have made him up. Now he would be great. He'd be perfect now. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Wow. (laughs) Who I can only assume would have been Porthos. Yeah, probably. Just a much more serious Paul. I just had a sudden. I had just had a sudden Val Kilmer because he was really like young and hot at this point. Yeah, Val Kilmer is not on this list. I'm afraid. Unfortunate. But Carrie Yules is. Ah, of course. Would have been so Princess Bride. It would have been so Princess Bride. He's great. And indeed, so men in tights. He would be a really good cardinal. He would. Now. Now. Because he is so good at doing the bad guys now. Yeah. Like his turn in the third season of Stranger Things. Yeah. Where, yeah, he's that mayor. Is it? He's done a couple Spoiler. of things where he's played villains. You know he's a baddie from the beginning. Race, oh, yeah, no it's, yeah, but he's played a couple of villains in recent years, and it's just like, yes, mm. yes. Um, one of the other actors I've got on this is Al Pacino. Now I just don't know where you put Al Pacino, except for 
the the cardinal. There really isn't another part. And he would have been terrifying. He would have been terrifying. Maybe they were like, mm, do we go with El Pacino? Like, I will actually murder you and your family. Or like, mm. campy Tim Curry. But with all those actors, it does sound like a much more serious film. So maybe they actually changed their minds mm. during because of the way the casting went. Yeah. Uh, the last actor I have here is Robert Downey Jr., Huh. Baby Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he would have been a good one. Yeah, again, maybe Aramis. Mm. Possibly at that time, maybe that even time. D'Artagnan. Mm. Like, he, he was still quite, he would quite have been... young, so yeah, maybe D'Artagnan. Baby first. Yeah. But, yeah, I could have, I could have I, seen I, him I, I think he could have played that, oh, no, like, I wanted to be a musketeer, and now they've all left, oh. Like, and I, I like how ultra-American D'Artagnan is. Yeah, what's your name? D'Artagnan. <laughs> <laughs> just Such, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Charlie Sheen's just speaking in his own voice, but it works for that character kind of. Mm. Um, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland and Oliver Platt are playing themselves. Just, just sort of doing vaguely Britishy, Americany voices. Um, I mean, Oliver Platt does slip into French for one line. I think <laughs> someone <laughs> has to be French for a second. Yeah. Um, and Tim Curry doesn't even bother. He's just. Why would you bother when your voice sounds like that? That's true. That's like true. it's so distinct. And when your face is doing that, yeah. Mm. Um, a rival TriStar Pictures version was also in development at the same time as this movie. <laughs> of so there could have been another Three Musketeers movie, oh, no. and that had Johnny Depp attached to it. Yeah, there you um, go. It fell through. Um, for that version, Oliver Platt had been approached to play Porthos as well. <laughs> So typecasting. He's just like, that would be fun though. Can you imagine if they'd done both and he was in both as Porthos? He'd just be like, which one do you want to watch? I'm in both of them. He it's the been, same guy. He could have been the Deadpool of the 90s. Oh just my like God. breaking character going, have I killed you yet? No, that's the other film. Ha ha! <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame that didn't happen. The final bit of trivia. Occasionally, IMDb throws up these wonderful bits of trivia with... With only a few words, but they leave a lot to the imagination. This is all that this bit of trivia says. Charlie Sheen really hated horses. <laughs> That's all that the context. so much. That's all the context. Is that why he was in the carriage? <laughs> Possibly. It, it just says Charlie Sheen really hated horses. Just think, of all the shots of the horse chasers, how many shots were of him on the horse? Basically none. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, he had a stunt double as well, so it's possible that he was just like, the stunt double can just ride the horse for all the big shots where I think I'm going to see my face. Wearing a hat anyway. Mm. I bet a lot of them were doubles then. Right. Mm. (laughs) That kind of doesn't surprise me. He doesn't Mm. seem like an animal kind of guy. No. No, not particularly. I'm just, I'm just scrolling through the trivia. Um, I missed one of the actors from before. It mm. was an alternative for the Countess de Winter. Winona Ryder. Oh. Mm. 1993 Winona. Mm. Nice. She'd have been quite young. She'd have yeah. been very young. I mean, and not that Rebecca de Mornay is particularly old, but, but I don't know that I would have believed that kind that's, of, that world like, experienced That's character. That's like pretty, like when was Edward Scissorhands? Because that was around then, wasn't it? Early 90s? I, I, I have a feeling it was 91. But yeah, I'm, 91 I'm, and 92. So yeah. she's like a baby in that. And I mean, to be honest, even in Girl Interrupted, like 10 years later, she still looks like a baby because she's just tiny. Mm. Yeah, that too. Also, you know how when we were watching this, we said, huh, that looks like Paul McGann's playing that character as well. It was. Paul McGann plays two people in this film. Ah! 
<laughs> so he plays he plays the foppish Girard, which um, you know is running around going, "I demand my thing." He also plays a character called Jussac. Yeah. Yeah. Do they just like stick you in a moustache or something? Yeah, because there was a bit watching this film where we went, "Ah, oh, that looks a bit like Paul McGann," and then thought nothing of it. And apparently it was. And it was him. So apparently it was like, oh, Paul, we we forgot to cast somebody. Can you... <laughs> just come in. Five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I'll do it. That's unbelievable. I mean, given that he was also in the miniseries, in the series recently, like mm. he just, is, he was just a really big fan, I guess. Could be. Yeah. Or he's just got the right face for it. Mm. True. Well, all that's left for us to do is to score the film. And Ellen, you get to go first because it was your first time watching The Three Musketeers, brackets, 1993, close brackets. What score are you giving it out of 10? I'm going to give it six explodey things of gunpowder out of 10. It was fine. It wasn't like super duper amazing. I think if I'd watched this as a kid, I would have been like, yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, it was fine. It was fun. I'd probably watch it again. I'd probably watch it with my brother and be like, Brady, you would love this film. Watch mm. this with me. It's hilarious. Okay, what about you, Dr. Sarah? This was your choice. What it are you was my get? choice. Um, it is still a big, dumb film, and I'm so glad I made you both watch it because mm-hmm. it was worth it just for your commentary. I was <laughs> I was literally, that's why I made you watch it. It's because oh. I wanted to sit there in the room with you and listen to your commentary when the really dumb stuff happened. Mm. Um, so because of that, I am going to give it six D'Artagnans out of ten. Beautiful. Um, yeah, this is not a good film. But I would absolutely watch it again. Um, yeah. It, it, it is... It feels a bit like, even though it's completely different, Major Pain. Like that yes, kind of film. It's that got kind of vibe. That sort of vibe of like, this film... I'm enjoying this film more than I think I should. Like, yeah. it, <laughs> it's got that kind of vibe. Yeah, Major Pain's definitely got that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love that film. And it, it, it is quite lovely. And it's I, I think silly. Because of the... When it was filmed and because of how it was filmed, it does have that feel of something that I guess is nostalgic for all of us, which is that it does feel like it's a property from the 1990s. Oh, yeah. That that is all of our childhoods. And, Mm. you know, I I remember some of the other live-action films from that time somewhat fondly and things like that. And and it's a bit of fun. Not a great bit of fun. It reminds me a lot of something like Men in Tights. Like, like, like Men in Tights obviously was taking off of this amongst other things. Well, I mean, this was after Men in Tights, but... Was it really? Yeah, Men in Tights was 91. But you're right. This wasn't it's all the de- same kind of things. Yeah. It wasn't deliberately trying to be a, a mick take. Adam. I believe it may have tried to be a bit of a piss take of uh, one of the older versions, the black and white version. Oh, no. there, there is a scene from that that is very similar to a scene in Men in Tights. And it does feel as though that, that that's actually one of the other things is that first fight where D'Artagnan is fighting alongside the musketeers in that sort of semi-ruined rural backdrop. That did feel like a like an Errol Flynn film, but yeah. some of the way that was shot, particularly when Kiefer Sutherland's like fighting up and down the slope against one or two Going of those guys. Everyone had the high ground at some point. Yeah, but it, that, that that did feel like those those old Errol Flynn type sword movies, and it captured that really well. And it's a bit of fun. It it is a real turn your brain off kind of film, um, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's not great. It's not terrible. So I'm going to give it five. Sword high fives out of ten. Yes, we did even mention the sword high five. Yeah. If I had a sword, I would definitely do a sword high five. Like, you have swords. <laughs> right. I do. If you you have a, so, many swords. so many swords. If you had a friend who also had a sword at the same time. Dan, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> I have a sword also. <laughs> yes, but you didn't bring it with you. No. Dan would have brought one with him. We have one of 
We have Dan's swords over there. Sort of the little. Okay, well, where's our best bro? High sword five. Like, get your swords out, guys. Mm. And let's ching. Is he he our fourth? Is he our himbo? (laughs) Dan Buckle, you are hereby (laughs) invited. Yeah, you're invited. Your name is now Dan Tanyan. uh... Yes, the sword himbo. All right. Well, next time we do a Three Musketeers film, we'll see if Dan's available. Yes. We'll we'll review it Can we do a sword fight together? Okay, we're not going to do this now. (laughs) Too dangerous, but... Has fighters. he been on the podcast? Several times. Which ones? Have I been on with me? Um, I'm pretty sure you have. He did have puppets I? with me. He did. Did you see um, when when we did Airplane? You did that one, right? Yeah. Dan Buckle was the other guest. <laughs> I'm so tired. He's like the Mads Mikkelsen of you know, the other <laughs> I'm so movie. Tired. He blends in. So, <laughs> Ellen and Sarah, yeah. thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Of the uh, that's D'Artagnan and Athos, I'll have you. Sorry, D'Artagnan and Athos, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. And uh, Sarah, well done on 25. You've got you've got a little while now, probably about four years before we get to your 50th. So I mean, you know, a girl can dream. So, I'll know. get real... I'll, Rogue One. You Just saying to... it now. <laughs> Next time I get to choose. Okay. Because you didn't let me choose it this time. No, we are going to get to Rogue One for one of our Star Wars episodes eventually. And And I will will be on it. People will be fighting and it's going to be hilarious and I'm going to sit there with popcorn. Mm. I'm not on it. We're no longer having sword high fives. Okay. Good good to know. (laughs) And for those of you listening at home, thank you very much for listening in. Um, We've got another one of these episodes coming up uh, where it's a 25th episode. That's right. Jason Doley is about to hit his 25th. So uh, we'll be watching something very exciting uh, for that. But if you want to find out what it is, you have to subscribe or ask him if you see him in the street. But it's easier if you subscribe. Just go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, subscribe to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. You'll get new episodes each and every week. Uh, We are also available on Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club and find us there. And we have a Patreon. You can throw us a little bit of money that way and we'll throw you back a little bit of extra content. Uh, Just search for patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. But that's all for this week. So until next time, all for one and and one one for all. And all for me. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.